Thanks for tuning in to the second season of Let the Truth Talk. My name is Tara. And my name is Tandia. This season, we will be talking about some common misconceptions around sexual violence in our society. These misconceptions can prevent victims from speaking out, seeking help, and holding perpetrators responsible for the assault. When dismantling the myths around sexual violence, the facts should always come first. Getting the facts and dismantling these myths are an important step in ending sexual violence and finding ways to best support survivors of sexual violence. Follow along with us as we break down the myths and the truths of sexual violence. We would like to honor and acknowledge the traditional lands of Treaty 7, upon which YWCA Banff is located. We recognize that we have a responsibility to understand our history and the spirit and intent of Treaty 7 so that we can honor the past, be aware of the present, and build a just and caring future. Before we get started, we just wanted to give a listener's note. While we're talking about sexual violence, the topic of sex, sexual assault, and other forms of violence are brought up in our conversations. Listener discretion is advised. Today's truth. Someone incapacitated by alcohol or drugs cannot give consent. Under the Canadian federal law, anyone who is incapacitated by drugs or alcohol cannot consent to sexual activities. If they are drunk, asleep, or passed out, they are incapable of consenting to sex. So this is building off of the conversation we had in our last episode where we talked about the fact that alcohol is the substance used most frequently to facilitate sexual assault. So today we're talking more about um, a person's inability to convey, to give their consent to, to participate in sexual activity while under the influence. Yeah, and we just wanted to chat a little bit about um, who's at risk, partially because I think that this population, the high-risk population, uh, relates to the population of the Bow Valley. Young women aged 15 to 24 experience higher instances of sexual violence in Canada. That, that does go along with the trend of the Bow Valley population, uh, as well as kind of our seasonal workers, but also the very similar age group with uh, young women going through finishing up their high school and then going into secondary education. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at the University of Alberta, 21% of students surveyed reported having at least one unwanted experience of sexual violence at some point in their life. And of those students, 42% said that it, ha- it took place while they were registered at university. So we're seeing that that age group and especially that age group registered at university um, are experiencing high levels of sexual violence. Um, with that, on average, at least 50% of the college student sexual assaults are associated with alcohol use. So we're seeing that that being young, maybe being away from home. um, Coming of age, being legal to drink. Yeah, yeah. Being, like, you can't do anything until you're, what is it, 18 in Alberta? I think so. I'm from BC and it's 19. You can't do anything. And then you go to school, you go to university, you're by yourself, you're learning to cook, you're with your friends, you're learning to an adult, and now you have this smorgasbord of alcohol Mm -hmm. at your... Um, at your whim and so you're learning all these things you're coming of age and that is a great learning opportunity but it also makes you a little bit more vulnerable I think yeah absolutely Um, I still think it's a little crazy that the uh, drinking age in America is 21 when you can 
vote for your country's leader and like that's like considerable power that you're given but you still can't have a beer at a bar <laughs> little backwards and with these coming of ages age pieces you don't always have guidance um someone telling you right, right from wrong because now you're away from home you're away from your um support network um and my first drinking experiences were definitely under the radar it was sneaking yeah. Sneaking alcohol, parties where parents weren't home. <laughs> you know, all you those rebel. like those those like classic things, but that's how that's how I learned how to party was all under the radar. It wasn't guided, it wasn't um I don't wanna say it wasn't safe, but it definitely was not ideal. Yeah, you don't always have role models around you. And with those learning experiences, you're learning from people, you're learning from who you're surrounded with. And not everybody will have the best perspectives yet because we're all so young. Um, And what can come from that is things like this, where they did a national survey and found that 20% of male students believe forced sex was acceptable if someone spent money on a date, if the person's date was stoned or drunk, or if the individuals had been dating for a long time. And that kind of blows my mind. (laughs) That is far too many individuals who have that core belief. And this is something that um, when we're talking about like a person's appearance or dress being a societal change, this is also a societal change where if you're not having these conversations at a younger age and then a person is uh, deemed an adult and able to make their own decisions, then and they have this core belief of stats like they can have forced sex under these conditions. Like, of course this isn't going to go away unless we start addressing that when they're younger. Yeah, yeah. And I think that some universities are starting to do more campaigns and and talk more about this, but I think we need to talk about it at all ages, at all levels. We we talked about this during Sexual Violence Awareness Month where consent Consent through the ages from from when you have a have a baby. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always applicable in learning that just because you can doesn't mean you should. Which at these high school party not high school parties university parties or whatever, you're you're drinking and maybe you see it once where someone's macking on that super drunk person and you're like oh they're doing it, it's okay. That's just what happens. In the last episode, I I mentioned that. When speaking about a, a sexual assault, a friend of mine was told, oh, they just do that. And it's that type of mentality that we learn when we're in these coming of ages and we don't have that guidance. And if we're not talking about it, we just accept it. And my hope is going forward that young boys and girls and the whole spectrum of whatever your identity is, my, my hope is that um, young people know going forward that they can say no, what their rights are, what their rights are with their body, and go into these experiences of being away from home for the first time with this understanding already ingrained in them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, an interesting conversation that comes up with this truth is what if both or all parties are under the influence because quite often at parties or at bars majority of people have been drinking or consuming drugs um it's not that the situation where it's just like one person 
Yeah. Yeah, in um in one of these studies, in ninety percent of the alcohol related sexual assaults on college campuses, both the victim and the perpetrator had both consumed alcohol. So and I don't want to say it's a gray line because consent is very black and white, yes or no, but both people are under the influence. Can anyone consent in that case? My belief on this is it comes back to the element of power and control. Sexual violence is a power-based crime. So if one party has power over the other, then that's when it's not okay. So it can be that one person's had two drinks and one person's had six drinks. The person that's had six drinks is in no place to be given consent, most likely. I don't know your alcohol tolerances. Um, but in that case, there is that power one person has over the other. They're more uh, mentally aware than the other person is. If you're both blackout drunk, neither of you can technically consent. I'm not going to say two wrongs make a right, but there's no element of power and control there. Mm-hmm. Those are my personal beliefs on it. There's definitely gray. There's definitely some here and there. But we know that bar hookups happen. And I'm not saying that that can't be a thing, but you want to both be able to consent. Yeah, we have one of our Got Consent posters. The tagline is, stumbling or mumbling is a no. Yeah. So if, you're, if you've picked up someone from a bar, they're not walking straight, they're not uh, making coherent sentences, they cannot consent to anything at that point. Absolutely not. And if you both are at that state, it's probably not going to happen anyway because there are, or there's biology at play. I remember one example came up also. Um, if both parties had had maybe two drinks, they're both slightly buzzed, they hook up. Was consent present in that situation? Alcohol is part of our culture. Everybody has a glass or two of alcohol at some point in their life. Um, almost Most people will. Um, and I think it's... It, it comes back to the person. What was, if you have never drank before and then you have two big glasses of red wine and the person you're with has drank their whole life, a whole adult life, and has had two glasses of wine, one person's probably a lot drunker than the other. And that's gonna be different from the person where two of you have been drinking most of your adult life, you both have two glasses of wine, you both know what's going on, you both know you want it, you both clearly state that. I think that's. I think so long as the conversation was there, um, and the the check-ins throughout, then it's fine. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with I'm with you on that. Like it, this is again a gray zone, and I think it comes back to each person. Mm-hmm. But if the conversation's there and you both can are aware that there's consent there, it's ongoing, it's enthusiastic. You're both into it, and you're both coherent. Please let us know what you think of this episode in the comments and what you'd like to be featured in future seasons. Remember to like and subscribe to be notified of future episodes. And if you like what we're doing, please share our podcast. You can find us at harmonyproject.ca or send us an email at yps at ywcabanff.ca. The Harmony Project's diverse stakeholders, through expertise and experience, are working together to end sexualized violence in the Bow Valley. The Harmony Project is funded by the Ministry of Community and Social Services on behalf of the Government of Alberta.